What's up, guys? It's good to be live again. Well, China is commanding 51 million of its citizens to isolate in home as sickness sweeps the nation. It was early last week that we heard they were locking down 9 million. Now they are locking down 51 million people, the worst lockdown since the pandemic began two years ago. This, as Pfizer's CEO is saying, a fourth booster shot is necessary He's saying this before he has even submitted the data on his study of the fourth booster shot to the FDA. He's just saying it anyways. In addition to that, a study finds that the shots are less effective the younger the kids are. So uh, there you have it. Less effective the younger the kids are. We'll get into that as well. And we're going to get into Pfizer safety data that was released through Freedom of Information Act request at, uh, at the command of a court, despite Pfizer not wanting to, that was released uh, March 1st and nobody really talked about it. Um, so since, since Pfizer is saying you gotta, you gotta get that fourth shot, let's talk about your safety data, Pfizer and, and the effects on nervous system. Okay. Um, in addition to that, I do want to touch on the new domestic violence extremism report from DHS and how they are rooting out domestic violence extremism from within their own ranks. Yes, it turns out they found extremists at Department of Homeland Security. But what is what is extremism according to them? It's things like questioning election integrity, apparently. We'll get back into that. And an update on my border coverage. So I spent a lot of time down on the U.S.-Mexico border last weekend and discovered that um, a child had drowned while trying to cross. Well, it turns out there's now more than one child and children have been identified. So we're going to get into that as well. So before we dive into all the headlines today, got to shout out the sponsor of my coverage, which is... Noble Gold. Uh, the Economist Financial newspaper has said the stock market lost over a trillion dollars so far this year. You heard that right, a trillion dollars. Facebook has fallen out of the top 10 tech stocks and all the markets have the jitters. Like you, people are worried, really worried, except those with gold and silver as their backup plan. They know that with precious metals in their IRA, they'll be fine. Noble Gold has thousands of clients who have safely invested with them. Most heard an ad like this and called the experts, not a call center, but specialists who give you your options. And for the month of March, with any qualifying IRA above 20,000, you'll get a three ounce silver American virtue coin or a five ounce America, the beautiful silver coin for anything over 50000 you know what to do. Call 877-646-5347 or uh, find them at the link down in my description. That's noblegoldinvestments.com. With that being said, guys, let's get into this crazy news out of China. So ABC is reporting China orders 51 million people into lockdown as the illness surges. I don't know how I'm going to get around my code words today, but here, here it is. Um, Hong Kong, China is facing its worst COVID crisis since early 2020 when the world first witnessed an entire population locked down to contain the coronavirus in Wuhan and its surrounding province. Two years on, it's now sending tens of millions of people into lockdown in the entire 
northeast province of Jilin, where 24 million people live, and the southern cities of Shenzhen and Donggong, Donggon with 17 million and 10 million respectively. And it's crazy. I've been watching Fox News and Newsmax all, all day just to see what the corporate news is up to. And they haven't said a peep about it. Not a peep. It has been wall to wall coverage of Ukraine to this day as Russia, um, invades towards the western border of Ukraine. So the western border of Ukraine is right up against NATO. So Russia is now you know, flirting with invading a NATO nation, which would be Poland. And that, that means, that means war. That means U S really has to activate, which might mean world war three. So they're wall to wall with that. Meanwhile, uh, the illness is surging and China's locking its people back down. But here's the thing. This is believed to be Omicron spreading there and Omicron we were told is not as serious uh, of an illness yet. I guess it's getting more serious and looking at the data um, on hospitalizations is actually pretty eyebrow raising. Um, and the fact that it's, it's not making many headlines actually um, it's all, it's all about Ukraine now, but, one of these prov- prov- provinces they mentioned, Shenzhen, that's where Apple manufactures. So this isn't good for you if you're trying to buy a new Apple product. You're going to have, uh, you're probably going to have an issue. It's probably too late to um, expedite that order uh, because look at this. Apple supplier Foxconn halts operations in Shenzhen as China locks down tech hub Foxconn, one of Apple's biggest suppliers, has suspended operations in Shenzhen as China locks down Technology Hub and several other regions to contain the country's worst illness outbreak in two years. This is super bad for stocks, too. China is freaking out, and uh, the United States is not even covering it on their news. Uh, pandemic selling grips Chinese stocks in biggest plunge since 2008. So China's in 2008 level crisis mode over the spread of the illness, which by the way was uh, the, the, when I was re- reading coverage of how bad it was there. Uh, it, it says here, uh, according to ABC, China, the, la- the last major country to relentlessly pursue a COVID zero policy, reported 1,437 cases across dozens of cities on Monday. Yet yeah, today's Monday. Okay, so 1,000 cases out of the millions and millions of people <laughs> in China. And they're in full-on panic mode over 1,400 cases and their stocks are plunging because the nation is locking down. Now, if you look at the World Health Org data, um, cases are actually, according to World Health Org, cases are in a really bad place. And I'm like, do I even trust data out of World Health Org anymore? So here we have World Health Org. Okay, here's here's the illness across across the world. And here's, here's COVID since it came onto the scene in 2020, all the way up until now. And you can see how high it spiked 
in February, COVID has had its by far highest spike in cases by far just last month. Uh, but I guess it was all Omicron, which was not as serious allegedly. So which it, it wasn't because here you can see deaths. Deaths actually dipped. Deaths dipped, dipped significantly compared to their height in November, according to World Health Org. Um, but the cases are, are now going way down in my interview with, uh, Dr. Verone, who's the one doctor who's in charge of an entire hospital who I, who I really trust what he says. And he said he, for, for the first time since the pandemic began, he has nobody hospitalized with the illness. So, and that that's in Houston. So things are going well with the illness in Houston. Nevertheless, uh, Albert Borla, CEO of Pfizer, is saying you've got to get that fourth shot. Those first three worked so well that we think number four will be the icing on the cake. There he has it from Axios. Pfizer CEO, fourth shot of COVID vaccine necessary. Um, he, you know, back in January, he was saying, I don't know if you need a fourth. I think um, it's probably too late. You know, by the time you know, by the time we develop, we need to develop a, a needle that's specific to this particular variant, because it's clear that the way the, the variants are evolving, the original shots that we produced were for the first variant. And so they're obviously less effective. That's literally what he was saying back in January. Now he's totally changing his tune and saying, no, you know what? A fourth shot is, is necessary. And, you know, of course he's going to say that because the more shots you get, the more money he makes. This is his company. Of course, he is going to recommend uh, that, you, that you get another shot from his company. It's that's just that's what any company would do to, to do good business. But here's the really concerning thing to me is NBC News reporting uh, today. Pfizer plans to submit data on the fourth shot to the FBA, FDA. So this tells me this guy is pushing everyone to get the fourth shot before the FDA has even seen whether it's even safe to get a fourth shot. Now, a few weeks ago, I was asked to speak in Washington state and I was analyzing what's really going on with the government out there. And Washington state health department had been pushing uh, the fourth shot on its citizens all year uh, since the beginning of 2022. They've been telling people, if you are high risk, you need to get the fourth shot. So Washington state is just as radical as it gets. Even before the Pfizer CEO is saying this, Washington state is telling you to do it. And this is all before the FDA has even seen uh, whether this is safe. Federal health officials are continuing to monitor whether another booster dose will be needed. And if so, when Pfizer is close to submitting data to Food and Drug Administration on the fourth dose of its needle, according to Borla. He says, clearly there's a need in an environment of Omicron to boost the immune response. Um, so so there you have it. The FDA hasn't even seen it. But he is really clever. FDA, um, Pfizer, I got to give it to Pfizer's PR team. They know how to grab the narrative by the neck before the FDA can do so. So 
Borla is blasting it out in the media that a fourth shot is necessary. And, you know, media just parrots what he says. They act like Borla is God. They don't want to question him. So now it's already programmed in the minds of, of Americans that a fourth shot is, is the thing to do. And so now when FDA gets the safety data or, you know, the data on what Pfizer has even found, which if Pfizer is studying itself, can we even trust that? But anyway, so <laughs> Pfizer is going to finally submit its data to FDA on what they found from the fourth shot. And the pressure will already be on the narrative will already be in place from Borla this week that a fourth shot is necessary. So FDA, uh, FDA will have a harder time pushing back on that. There's more pressure on all of the FDA to just say, yeah, you know what? Get that fourth shot that, that Borla said you needed. So that's, that's what we have. Uh, from Albert Borla, not even surprised. He's doing good business. It's his company. If you own a company, you tell people to, to buy your product. You know, booster restores vaccine protection lost against Omicron UK study finds. So this is the logic behind it all. Um, is that the logic is that these, these shots only work for a short amount of time. Okay. So they are effective. They just wear off, which, um, you know, you're, they spur your body to artificially create the spike proteins apparently. And your body, you know, humans, the human body is a powerful thing. We all have these amazing immune systems that are able, able to fight off this foreign substance and eventually, you know, delete, I, I think what happens is you, your body deletes over time, deletes the effects of, of having had the shot at all. You know, I, I give a lot of credit to the human immune system. So, you know, perhaps this is true that it's only effective for a short amount of time. Um, I don't know. It's, but it's interesting to see the data, um, coming out of world health org coming out of the CDC on the patterns of the illness, uh, as it, as it spreads. And you can see here, this is the CDC comparing it to world health org data, similar trend where there was this giant spike in cases in, uh, January, this is January right here. And then it's just plummeted. But here's the thing, uh, these cases plummeted without the addition of a fourth shot. Okay, Americans haven't been getting, except for maybe a few people in Washington state, Americans have not been getting a fourth shot, yet it plummeted on its own. So Mr. Borla, why do we need a fourth shot when the cases are this low? You know, that's that's the question. Um. So there's, there's the current data from the CDC. And uh, there is a study out uh, on children and the shots showing that the shots are actually not as effective on children as they had hoped. Like, you know, like, like we said, um, that you're kind of, you're getting studied as you get these shots, as long as you know that, uh, 
and you want to submit your child as a lab rat, then go for it. And here's, here's what's happening is that CBS is reporting uh, Pfizer's COVID vaccine less effective against Omicron in younger children. New study suggests two shots of the Pfizer needle were less effective at curbing the risk posed by the Omicron variant in younger children compared to older age groups, according to new data published this week from CDC. Figures published late Thursday by CDC from its COVID net hospital surveillance show that rates of the illness hospitalizations were lower through the end of January among vaccinated Americans of any age compared to the unvaccinated. However, the smallest gaps were among children five to 17 hospitalization rates were six times higher in unvaccinated adults compared to vaccinated rates were three times higher in unvaccinated five to 11 year olds and two times higher in unvaccinated 12 to 17 year olds. So they're saying that if a kid gets the shot, they have a slightly less chance of being hospitalized, but not, it's not as big of a difference as adults. They should probably mention that children, uh, children being hospitalized from catching the illness is, is really negligible. Uh, if you look at the data from the CDC, it's just an, an absolute minuscule number of children who end up being hospitalized. That it's usually a child who's morbidly obese or has another huge health issue uh, that ends up getting hospitalized from getting the illness. Um, now, if you look at the data on adverse events, such as heart issues in children who get the needle, uh, it's actually a higher a higher number of children who have heart issues from the needle than have hospitalizations from the illness. So that's what's not getting reported by the mainstream media, which is, is quite criminal. And a study that spelled this out was mysteriously uh, ripped off of the, of the publishing uh, site. So it, so it was a study that was peer reviewed, was published, and then was strangely stripped away. And I covered all this on my uncensored website, ivoryhecker.com. Um, I, I tackle all the topics that YouTube doesn't like, which we're on the hairy edge of things YouTube doesn't like right now. Hopefully this video will make it. Um, since I'm citing CBS, hopefully they'll love me, but, uh, so, so there you have it is these studies show they, the studies say that the vaccines, I guess, do lessen hospitalizations uh, from the illness. Kids don't even go to the hospital from the illness to begin with unless they have other major uh, health issues, according to the data I've seen. And you're more likely to go to the hospital with heart issues after getting the needle than go to the hospital after getting sick according to the studies that I have seen and published on my uncensored website, ivoryhecker.com. So just be aware of that. Now, there was a, a lot of Pfizer safety data that was released March 1st. Uh, Pfizer was forced by a judge in Texas 
to release the safety data and it did not get a lot of attention um, from the mainstream media, of course. Uh, so what happened is this, this group, now anyone can file a Freedom of Information Act request to an, a, a, uh, an agency. It can be a local agency or a federal agency in this case. Um, they filed it to, I guess, the it was the Food and Drug Administration um, saying, you know, the Food and Drug Administration, we'd like to see what you've found from Pfizer. And uh, Pfizer initially didn't want, or I'm sorry, FDA, I guess, did, initially did not want to release that safety data. So a lawsuit was filed in a Texas court and the te Texas judge ruled that this was uh, seriously necessary, that, pe that people deserve to see what is in the Pfizer safety data. And so it ended up getting published. Now, the judge ruled that... Let me see if I can find exactly how much data the judge ruled this, these guys have to release. They have to release a certain amount of pages of evidence from Pfizer every month. So there should be more data coming out from Pfizer, um, April 1st. But the big, uh, the big thing that people are talking about because Pfizer, the Pfizer data, a lot was released. Um, there was a, a safety report, a 37 page, 38 page safety report released from, um, that showed a lot of the adverse events. I probably shouldn't have even said that term here on YouTube. Um, and I'm trying to just show you guys as much as I can here on YouTube, but it's kind of, kind of hard. I think I can share, I think I can share with you guys this page. I'm looking at it right now. Now I have linked this, this safety data down below. Uh, but here you can see, uh, these are, these are some of the, um, effects people have had, uh, symptoms people have had after getting the needle. Um, this, List it in chart form, which is easier to see, you know, what's the most common. And the most common one, the most common is actually general disorders. Number two is nervous system. So more than 10,000 people. And this was, this was data only from December through February of 2021. So just a sliver of the data. Like, like I said, the judge ruled that more data needs to be released every month. So maybe we'll find data further into, um, needle season, you know, in come April 1st, because as we know, it was April, it was April of 2021 that everybody was getting the shot, right? It was like people were clamoring to be first in line to get the needle. It was crazy. Um, so, this is data from before most of the population was even allowed to get the needle. And it shows that the nervous system was the biggest specific effect that people had. Now the fact checkers went to town on this. And we're like, guys, 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 you know, they, 
of course, came clamoring to protect Pfizer. And they were like, no, this is an, an okay, an adverse uh, event is different than a side effect. So if it's an adverse uh, event, that just implies that it, all that does is say that, that you had this illness after getting the needle. It doesn't show any causation. When you say side effect, that that's causation. Well, yeah, guys, of course, because this is a brand new needle that we don't, we don't fully know yet. So we're putting it all out there. And, and, uh, the details are that majority of, of this information comes from, um, uh, the, both VARES and the European version of VARES. So from us and Europe's, uh, data entry system on, on these effects that people have after getting the needle. So that's where this information is coming from. Now that means that that means that someone specifically noticed something very different in their body after getting the needle and said, I need to go file this or went to a doctor and the doctor filed that report for them. This is not someone saying, Oh, I have a toothache after getting the needle. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a symptom of something, but it's obviously not from the needle. Anyway, these fact checkers are circling the wagons and saying, oh my gosh, you guys are reading into this. We have no idea, you know, why someone had nervous system issues after getting the needle, you know, and then the, the second specific, uh, symptom that people are having is musculoskeletal. So, I don't know, you guys probably saw the viral videos of these people whose body parts are shaking uncontrollably. Some people can't even walk anymore. They've lost control of their muscles. And as they've done much research, and I've interviewed these people who've gone to doctor after doctor trying to figure out what's going on with their body. One woman described it as feeling like she was getting electrocuted uh, 24-7. She finally realized that that's, that's the feeling when your nerves are dying, but that also causes you to lose muscle function. So these two things next to each other, um, according to my research, are connected. So this is this is in- interesting information. And um, fact checkers circling the wagons to protect poor little Pfizer from any hateful um, analysis. And then, of course, the mainstream media is ignoring it and just talking about Putin. So that's why, you know, that's why Biden was grinning so big at his state of the union. He's really pleased with with Putin for being a great uh, distraction opportunity. He didn't talk, have to talk about any of this silly stuff happening in America anymore. It was all about Putin. So uh, so Biden had a happy state of the union because of that. Guys, I want to get on to the Department of Homeland Security DHS filed this new report, you know, late, late last week. That's the strategy. When you come out, you come out with something. If you don't want a lot of press about it, you publish it at the end of the week. That's, that's like the news strategy. Uh, if you want a lot of headlines about it, you publish it on Monday. All the PR people know this. Politicians know this. News people knows. Okay. So anyways, this was published late in the week and, uh, this is the DHS saying that, look, we, we 
here's a report we, we've been working on for a year now to try to make sure that we're rooting out any uh, domestic violent extremism from within our own ranks. Like we're definitely rooting it out from the average American too. people who believe that there uh, may be some anomalies in the election or believe there's something funky going on with this pandemic. If you believe some of those things, we've got our eyes on you. And if you believe any of those things and you work for DHS, you're probably going to get fired. And so this, this report actually, uh, they talk about how, oh yeah, we did a bad job of really analyzing our own people. And we had to get rid of a few people who we decided were domestic violent extremists. I highlighted this part because it, it talks about some of, some of the specifics. The assessment pointed to newer sociopolitical developments, such as narratives of fraud in the recent general election, then emboldening impact of the violent breach of the U.S. Capitol, conditions related to the COVID pandemic, and conspiracy theories promoting violence that will almost certainly spur some domestic violent extremists to try to engage in violence this year. So that's that's what they're looking at. It, like basically, if if you saw any of the actual evidence of all those freaking anomalies that showed our our election is freaking wide open, it's not secure. Like anyone who cared to look at actual evidence, I mean. Granted, social media and corporate media made it hard to see some of the evidence. They did a good job of censoring it all. But if you saw it, you saw our elections are not not secure. I don't know if I can say that on YouTube. Here, here you go. Now I'm going to have DHS after me. But here's here's the point. DHS is warning people. If you say something like I just said, you're, you know, we're, our eyes are on you because we think that you are being radicalized and that you're going to resort to violence eventually. And if you're saying things like that and you work for DHS, then we're going to have to, we're going to have to get rid of you. And by the way, DHS is expansive under, within DHS, we have, um, the U S customs service, um, Federal Protective Service, uh, TSA, TSA is uh, part of DHS, the U.S. Coast Guard, the U.S. Secret Service is a part of DHS, Border Patrol is a part of DHS. So there, so all these guys um, who are protecting homeland security, DHS just wants to make sure that they are in long, in lockstep fully brainwashed with DHS's own narrative. And um, from, from working in corporate news, I can tell you that DHS is never going to be able to, they're never going to be able to find all the guys who think for themselves and root them out because these agencies, a corporate newsroom is a lot like a government agency, very sadly. Um, where people know that they're not supposed to think a certain way. They're not supposed to ask certain questions, which when you're a journalist, that's appalling. Journalists should be asking all the questions, but corporate journalists know they're not supposed to ask a lot of different questions. And so they stay in deep in the closet about that and they don't ask those questions and they continue to work for the corporation while disagreeing with a lot of the corporate narrative and, and the corporation never finds out because these people are deep in the closet 
about thinking for themselves. I mean, we just saw it was that uh, that big march in Washington D.C. in January is organized by a an NBC News corporate boss. And he finally came out of his closet out of nowhere and said, I'm organizing a march because I'm sick of these freaking mandates who are un-American. And uh, so DHS is never going to be able to find all these guys, but they're trying. Um, and CNN was covering here. I got to show you real quick what CNN had to say. Uh, report finds significant gaps in DHS's ability to, to, to detect violent extremism in its ranks. I highlighted this. DHS officials have repeatedly pointed to domestic violent extremism as one of the most lethal and persistent terrorism-related threats to the United States. Yeah, so it's no longer these these people coming in from the Middle East, which, by the way, they have easier access to the U.S. than ever just cross the Rio Grande from Mexico. But it's no longer about foreigners and all those people pouring through the southern border. Screw them. They're very safe. We need to be concerned about our own people who have proven to be highly dangerous ever since January 6th, right? Um, and they have this whole they, they have this whole new division within DHS called the Miss Dis and Mal Information Team. Uh, they've created uh, they've created a whole force um, on misdis and malinformation. I actually I should show you guys this page because this is this is really actually pretty alarming for free speech. Um, is is just here it is. They talked about this this new um, task force that they basically formed, and they've created a product. This product provides critical infrastructure owners and operators with guidance on how. Uh, on how identity guidance on how identity and mitigate. Okay. This is not written right. And mitigate the risks of influence operations using MDM, which is mis malinformation narratives from steering public opinion and impacting national critical, critical functions and critical infrastructure. Anyway, so they are going to, They've created a whole program, a whole product, so that when public opinion forms, they can redirect it. They can steer public opinion to believe what they, what the government wants you to believe. Um, they, the Biden administration is investing a lot of money and manpower into propaganda to manipulate your brain to think the way the government wants you to think. It's, it's very interesting. Uh, very interesting. We still have the first amendment, but the government is working in overtime to, you know, to get you to think the way they want you to. Uh, final sad update you guys is, I was at the border and I found out from border patrol that a child had drowned while trying to cross the Rio Grande. Well, there's an update. Daily mail has the update that it's actually four people who drowned the week that I was there this past week, four people drowned trying to cross the Rio Grande. 
And two of them were four-year-old kids. The child that I became aware of was a four-year-old Nicaraguan girl who's now been identified and another, a four-year-old boy from Uruguay, which is way down in South America in the Southern Hemisphere. This is how far people are traveling to get across the Mexico border. People know it's a, it's a free-for-all at that Mexico border. That is your ticket into the U.S. But they've got the kids' pictures now. This is the little girl that I was covering. They have their picture now uh, out. Angelica Silva, a four-year-old girl from Nicaragua, was crossing the Rio Grande on March 4th when she was swept away by a rip current. U.S. border agents located her body Thursday. So they found her the day after I returned uh, from the border. And then here's the little four-year-old boy, uh, Ismael Petinho. He drowned trying to cross the border as well. That's... um, his mom, I guess. Oh, wow. It says that she died as well. They both died trying to cross the Rio Grande. It's crazy because this girl, she, I mean, she crossed at Eagle Pass where I was, where I was located, where I was filming. And if you saw my first footage of those Cubans coming across, um, it wasn't, it wasn't that, um, deep. You could, you could almost touch all the way across so you would think that her mom would hold, hold on to her. I guess she was in the arms of a man, it said, actually, um, that that man would have held on to her. And, you know, she wouldn't have been swept away, but perhaps the waters were a little higher. And then I guess this was the fourth person who who drowned. It's crazy to see, you know, adults drowning, trying to cross the Rio Grande. The water was very calm and fairly low where I was, but perhaps she crossed at, at a higher point or where, where perhaps the water was more flowing, flowing more quickly, but very sad and just shows you how dangerous it is to commit this illegal activity where I was filming at the Rio Grande. Um, there was a freeway, a highway overpass right next to us. So right where all the migrants were, constantly crossing. They would just keep lining up to cross illegally to make that swim across Rio Grande. But the overpass was the official checkpoint into the U.S. The legal way to get into the U.S. was feet away from us. And these people, they that's how dead set they were doing it. Uh, they were undoing it illegally right there and actually kind of uh, like in your face to, to the U S government, like, Hey, you guys can literally see us from the overpass and we're going to do this illegal dash instead of just going through the overpass and doing it legally. But it's really sad when you see, um, families subject their kids to, to this and the kid ends up losing its life. But, um, to me, that's also an indication of how bleak the situation must be in these other countries or are these families getting lied to? Um, you know, are, are they getting promised like wealth and luxury in the U S and getting told that it's going to be an easy trip in who knows what they're being told. But when the kids end up losing their lives, it's very sad. Uh, I had some more important details on all this stuff about Pfizer, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., uh, I, I published his whole interview or his whole speech from 
from DC back in January. It's on my website, ivoryhecker.com. Uh, and he talks in detail about, uh, about how the all cause mortality from these shots is hot is higher than people who haven't had the shots. So more people overall end up dying after getting the needle than people who didn't get the needle, according to Pfizer's own study. But Pfizer saying, well, we don't know if we, you know, those were different causes of death. We don't know if it was connected to the needle. So we can't say at all that the needle caused that. Anyway, it's a very just information packed speech from Robert F. Kennedy people. This, this was at that big March in DC back in January, people who covered it, tried to upload it to YouTube and his speech got taken down right away from YouTube. Um, but I have it safe and sound on my uncensored website, ivoryhecker.com, which is linked down below in my description. Um, with that being said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I, you know, when I started doing YouTubes, I, I would rattle off a bunch of different headlines and I, I think maybe I should do more of that. I like to cover a lot of topics in one video. Uh, thanks so much, guys, and let me know what you think, and I will talk to you guys later. See you guys probably tomorrow, but I'm going to be on Next News Network tomorrow too, so busy. Tuesdays are busy, but I'll see you guys.